the rules are very clear at, at almost uh, at every party that I've talked to about what are the rules within the party and how that's handled. Where it be- right. seems to get blurry is what if somebody has a bad reputation? What if somebody says a breakup was abusive? Or, um, you know, if somebody's following the rules but is kind of giving a creepy vibe. I can have a bad experience with someone that's had like a hundred good ones and that one person who didn't have a good experience, like that's what you will be known for, that's what matters. In party communities, the spaces have their own rules and people to report to if those rules aren't followed. And every individual attendee has their own rules too, whether they know them precisely or not. They have the things they'll do or not do, the fantasies they want, the roles they play, hard and soft boundaries. And even with these, even though every space I went to encouraged people to know themselves, their wants, and communicate clearly, things still go wrong. This is Hedonist, the five-part series about the sex party revolution. In this episode, we try to navigate the blurry areas of consent. I'm not going to make a joke for this one. Here's our sponsors. Hedonist is sponsored by Zero Spaces. Recently, I talked to Zero Spaces founder Stoya about problems she sees in porn and culture that led her to start Zero Spaces. Problem four, porn has become just one thing. Now when we say porn, we think of video, and that's about it. And the word pornography, depending on who you ask, it either meant writing about harlots or writing about prostitutes, which basically means sexually open women or people who are having sex professionally. That was collecting and telling the story of something is a way of giving other people a window into it. That's, I believe, how empathy happens. And we're revisiting what pornography can be and has been in a more multimedia kind of way. So yes, there are absolutely hardcore videos with full-on sex, but there's also profiles by actual journalists of sex worker activists and stuff in the middle. All sorts of stuff in the middle. (laughs) That's zerospaces.com. One issue is $25, Individual components are available for 3 to $5. Buy the whole issue. It's how you can repent for whatever you feel guilty about. Zerospaces.com, engineered for exploration. Hedonist is also supported by Field, open to all genders and sexual identities. Field is dedicated to creating an inclusive space where everyone can be honest with themselves while being responsible towards others. Visit field.co for more info. That's F-E-E-L-D.co for more info. Field, a space where the curious and open-minded can come together. For more information and to sign up for Field, visit feeld.co. Field, the dating app for open-minded couples and singles. Available on the App Store and the Play Store. The series started with a woman describing how the safe space at parties can make anything seem possible. How for one night, you can experience a you who is in love with someone else. That each person has a different reality, not in conflict, but simultaneous. And with these possibilities, with this desire, there's different rules and values. 
And there are people who go to sex parties, who watch their spouse text a date, who live in a communal house, who have multiple partners, who work to have these things be normal and acceptable. They think people will be happier. The world will be more safe and more equal. As an outsider, it was like being immersed into another language. Awkward, then second nature. So these autonomous zones, and the relationships built inside them, it's like being in another country where people say they feel freer and more themselves. And they think if this language and culture spreads to the outside world, it would be changed for the better. But all change has unforeseen consequences. And even if you believe that these practices would be healthier, the world still isn't ideal. People miscommunicate, they break up, they overstep, they hurt one another. So what happens when your love life isn't just your business, but a community's business? My name is Lola Jean, and I am a sex educator, a pro-dom, a fetish wrestler, a writer, a mental health professional. The list goes on, but I'll stop there. So a quick warning, Lola's bad experience, while not graphic, it may be unsettling. So Lola has only been in the community for about a year, but it quickly went from a curiosity to her job and a huge part of her life. She teaches classes at NSFW and is a mentee of a sex educator who lives at Hacienda. So she's very conscientious about what she gets from her partners and who she engages with. She makes sure to talk about what she likes and what triggers her. So it was a real shock when an experience went really wrong. And I'm even going through this right now with like a community member who's like very well liked and I had all like a horrible scarring experience with. Um, and it was how he handled that. We had like a couple of dates and we didn't like have sex. And the first time we end up having sex, which is also the first time that I sub for him, he violates so many boundaries. It was a situation where, like, I didn't know what to do. He, I remember the words, like, I'd love nothing more than to see you cry. And I just mentally shut down. And I just became, like, docile and quiet. That was, like, I don't want to be here. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not going to stop it. Which left me with, like, you know, a very vulnerable, used feeling. And the next morning, we did have sex. I did allow him to do that. And I th he thought everything was just like fine and dandy. Um, no, no cuddles, nothing, not much interaction, just kind of like yawning and like leaving. Um, and I remember he messaged me of like thanking me for a fun night. And that's when I was like, hey, actually, like, I'm feeling like really vulnerable. I think there are like some things that happened last night, like that you just like took it a little bit too far, but like, you know, that's that's not on you. You can't you can't read my mind. Um, but maybe just there's things that we can like change next time of like instead of breaking like three of my boundaries, like break one or give me aftercare or make me come, just do one of like one of those things and not just like all of that together. And he was kind of not as more in the apologetic, but like, wow, I'm usually really good at like sensing those things like and whatnot and it was very he's very like standoffish after that point and if this was an experience outside of this community it would probably end there but lola reached out to a private facebook group for women in the poly community for guidance um it's sad that it took 
this kind of like public outcry to some of the women in the community, I was honestly just looking for support. Um, but it, it's sad that it took this display for him to reach out to me to talk and settle this. Um, but that's where we stand. That's what's going to happen. And Oh, so you're going to talk. Yeah. But I feel like it's like the power of politics because this group is powerful. It's like a private women's only, um, you know, like you're not really supposed to talk about what happens outside of it because it's a safe place. But I spoke my feelings there and I got like a lot of really good support or like people that like, you know, validated that I wasn't to blame. Um, but it's also like that's where a lot of like not rumors, but just things will get talked about. And it made it to him very quickly after I posted that because he messaged me almost immediately. Um, so it's more just, I, I think it's just the threat of what that group can do to one's reputation. The point of telling Lola's experience is to show even when people have the same values and want the same kind of sex, so much can still go so wrong. And how they want to solve it can still be really different. But this self-policing, it keeps people safe. It helps motivate people to talk it out. In theory, it should eliminate these sort of experiences. But reality is tricky. And figuring out who's responsible, how different issues are handled, it isn't clear-cut. Here's Daniel from NSFW. The fear of you know having something out there that is negative about you is never a good thing. Um, I've had my own situations at times where, you know, I've followed the rules and I felt like everything was appropriate and I've done something inappropriate and I made someone feel uncomfortable or I made someone feel like out of it. And I'm someone who just is so focused on that and I make mistakes, you know, and, and someone who literally my entire career is based on that, you know, someone was like, well, Daniel didn't like pay attention to me afterwards and he got back to work and I felt like he was just like, you know, I'm like, I would, I, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I did, you know, like I'm constantly thinking to myself, like, oh my God, like, you know, if I have a sexual experience with someone, I make sure to text them afterwards. I make sure everything's okay. I make sure they get an Uber. I make sure they get breakfast. I make sure like, like I would say that's probably one of my biggest stresses is just, that's the fear, especially amongst male members. There's always that fear of reputation. And it, we aren't talking about people getting raped because that's not the case here. You know, it's not like extreme you know, cases of like things really going too far. But even things where like, well, he touched my leg and I didn't say it was okay for him to touch. And now that girl is talking to every single person she can possibly talk to about like, this man touched me and I didn't want him to touch me. And it's like, okay, yes, we are hyper aware of it, but like at what point, you know? So I don't know. I just feel that the level in which things become, you know, assault, it feels very like, it feels very scary sometimes. So do you think your fear is, like, a healthy thing? I think it's a healthy fear. So a case-by-case, situation-by-situation approach is how Daniel and NSFW was handling the blurry offenses. But Hacienda wants to be more formal. Here's Andrew. There is a broader responsibility, I think, on us as hosts to address complaints and respond to um, to information essentially about about our our attendees question becomes do we have the resources to um, to, to handle all these uh, these situations and, and should we even really be involved in other people's lives to that degree and do yeah. people want us to be you know it's, it's case by case and the reason for developing procedures and policies which we're doing we're doing um, we had a big meeting about it uh, like 
just just over a week ago with uh, with the twelve of our core organisers. What I want to do is is uh, is be clear about where we will stand and where what level of to what degree we'll get involved. But if it's just someone who disagrees with someone about something, or if someone had a breakup with someone and it's a uh, it was a bitter breakup. I don't think those are the situations where we should spend our resources figuring out who should come, who shouldn't come to the party. And uh, the the only other thing I'll add is that the other important thing is for it not to be my decision. Those situations, um, you know, shouldn't be just one person making the decision. It should be a group of people, and and we that's what we do. So while Hacienda has the committee policy in place and are working to formalize policy procedures for the blurry situations, Ms. Scorpio feels pretty certain about when to step in. Apologies for the quality differences, by the way. She's really busy, so we only talked by phone. When I hear of guests having negative experience at other events and they choose to tell me, they're clearly tell me, telling me for a reason. They would like me to be on the lookout for this person. And in one instance, it was somebody who was talking about their ex and she was able to then also bring in another ex-girlfriend who had a similar experience. And having two women say we have had this type of experience with this man was absolutely enough for us to flag his name. We flag people, we essentially give them the opportunity to be here because they haven't wronged our crowd, but they kind of come in with a warning already on file. That's if their offense wasn't bad enough to ban them outright. The level of rumors that, that we really pay attention to are patterns of uh, abusive or violent behavior, of not respecting boundaries or consent. It's really not at all about that person touched my shoulder while I was engaged with somebody else. The That's aim it. for me is to, to, to eliminate the broken stairs. Can, can you define broken stairs? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the the missing stair, the the broken stair. It's that the concept is that if there is uh, a stair in your house that breaks gradually, you are more likely to just step around it than really do anything about it. You will just keep stepping over it. And in communities, that frequently happens where people are just sort of known for their mildly bad behavior. We're not talking rapists here. We are just talking average creepers. It becomes known that they're creepers, and yet nobody calls them out. And I've been happily seeing a lot more of them get called out lately. Do you know what strikes me about you saying this is, um, like, the horror stories of somebody not wanting to listen or, like, abusing power are very loud? So you end up only, like, what people hear about are only the dramatic times, not the small. <laughs> it's you true. You pull somebody over corrections. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A few party throwers have said that it is best for men to have a healthy fear now. <laughs> and that they think it is, like, a good societal change for men to have a fear. What are you saying? Oof, I think that's a really problematic position. I I don't want men to be in fear. I want I want men to understand that it is much better to have that joyful consent than this like leery sort of non non really consensual 
quietness that lets them get away with creepy bullshit. So hopefully the fear Daniel and others I've talked to described isn't a fear rooted in punishment, but in caution, and a genuine desire to want people to feel good. It's different to be afraid of being labeled a creep and being afraid of accidentally hurting someone's feelings or making someone feel uncomfortable. There's a world of difference there. But as Scorpio was saying, what they're up against is a whole system that doesn't prioritize women's feelings or safety. And they hope they're changing that tide. Andrew has a long view way of looking at this. This is a very strange analogy, so so forgive me, but um, but uh, you know the, the you know the Karl Marx ideology of communism is essentially that you have to go through uh, a period of socialism to, before you get to true communism, and socialism requires a, a dictatorship of the proletariat. It requires uh, hard and fast and firm control. It requires taking control from other people and and uh, and and dictating what happens and all of that stuff. And that was how they justified the, um, the you know the, the 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 socialist states in and during the uh, during the twentieth century. It's like we have to go through that period. Ideally, we get to a point where we don't have that fear where people are actually just treating each other properly as human beings because nobody, because men wouldn't be uh, mistreating women at all. That would be the ideal scenario that we eventually get to. I don't know if we'll ever get there, but we can try. I mean, I I think if anyone is driving the culture towards that, it's the sex party community. But until they get there, until the larger world gets there, The best they can do is deal with the blurry and try to make it more perfect. Personally, it's hard for me to imagine a world where miscommunications don't happen, where insensitivities because of ignorance don't happen. Besides the true predators, the true broken stairs, I doubt there's a person who explored these spaces, felt some level of kinship, and didn't change for the better. Reality is messy, the reaction to an action is almost always unpredictable, And I have no idea if this does spread what the results may be. But from my perspective now, what I saw most were people looking to hurt less and trying to learn how to hurt one another less. I'm Grant Irving, this is Hedonist. On our last episode, we're going back to the original mission of this project. We're going to hear from the attendees, the people who go to these parties welcoming to all genders, all sexual preferences, and hear what they get out of it. We're going to take you to a sex party. Hedonist is sponsored by Allison Rogers. Not sponsored by me. No. <laughs> Hedonist is produced by Allison Rogers, Billy Linker, and me, Grant Irving. We are sponsored by Field, F-E-E-L-D dot C-O, and Zero Spaces at zerospaces.com. Things get weird. I hope you stick around. I hope I didn't fuck that up. 